0: Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to seek God's presence and serve God's people. Now, let's get to the message. So today, what we're doing is we're completing our January sermon series. Does anybody remember the title? The first two rows know it. Everyone else know it? It is called Holding Nothing Back. We have called this sermon series Holding Nothing Back for a purpose, and that is because we are proclaiming that 2022 is to be the year that we will hold nothing back from Jesus. Amen? We are going to be a presence people that are going to be completely abandoned, completely surrendered, and completely yielded to the Holy Spirit. Whatever God wants to do in our lives, we hold nothing back. Wherever he's inviting us to go, we say yes, and we hold nothing back. Whenever he's asking us to let go of something and repent, we say yes, and we hold nothing back. Amen? So that's the theme of the month, and so we're going to conclude uh, that sermon series today, but we're also hosting an anointing service. That's right. Today is Anointing Sunday. We've already hosted Baptism Sunday. Wasn't that spectacular? I really enjoyed getting to see the people being baptized on the screen. Wasn't that cool? Shout out to Luke and the production team. Great job, you guys. Amazing. So cool. So today we're having an anointing service. And here in just a little bit, we're going to do two things. Number one, we're going to be anointing our eldership team. And number two, we're going to be anointing each and every one of you that would like to receive an anointing with oil. Some of you guys that are administrative are literally confused right now. You're thinking, how in the world are you going to anoint all of these people? We're going to make it happen, okay? Oh, ye of little faith, all right? We're going to make it happen, okay? You're going to come down the front, and we have some hypoallergenic coconut oil for you. Um, <laughs> This is East Nashville, okay, Um, and we're just going to smear a little bit on your forehead and we're going to pray and bless you and you're going to be blessed by one of our elders or one of our staff team and we're going to bless your 2022. Does that sound good? Does that sound good, church? Amen. So 2022, does anyone remember, I'm asking you guys a lot of questions, I'm channeling my inner bliss. Does, does anyone remember um, what God's word for our church is for 2022? Yeah. The year of? Yeah. The year of growing down. So I want to begin by saying in the year of growing down, God is raising some people up. All right. I'm going to try this side. Side's, they're not excited yet. In the year of growing down Legacy Nashville, God is raising some people up. God is raising some people up. I believe that wholeheartedly, that God is raising some people up. And um, this past week, I think it was this week, maybe the week before, Grace sent a message to our team thread, um, and it's from 2 Kings 19, verse 30. This is not the primary passage today, but I wanted to read it to you says this, and the surviving remnant of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Isn't that a great scripture? Let's read it in the NLT. You will put roots down in your own soil and will grow up and flourish. Amen. So in the year of growing down legacy, we are going to bear great fruit. Uh, The other day, my wife said, you know, God said this is the year of growing down. God did not say this was the year of growing slow. I said, okay, woman of God. So hot when you prophesy. Okay. Okay. You know, because my wife is very pastoral, and she's comfortable with things just cruising along at a slow pace, and she loves that, and I'm more of like revved up, let's get it, let's go, come on, you know. And so when she says this is not just the year of growing down, but it's also the year of growing up and being fruitful, and it is not to be a year of growing slow, I am saying amen. How about you, church? Because I'm believing that God will give the increase. If we will plant the seed, if we'll be faithful to water the seed with the Word of God, God will bring the increase. And I don't know if you could look around today and see a few people who've been transformed by God in the room, but I believe, church, God is giving the increase. I know some of you guys. I know where you were in 2020. I know what you've been through in 2021, and look what God has done in your life. You're here You're not just surviving, you're thriving, you're bearing fruit, and you are growing down, and you're being fruitful upward, in Jesus' name. That's what's happening here. In the year of growing down, God is raising some people up. So when we pray and anoint our eldership team here in just a moment, that's what's happening. I want you to know, God is raising some people up. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today, we're going to read from the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to read the story when David was anointed king. I'm sure many of you are familiar with this. You've heard it taught in Sunday school, but I'll try my hand at teaching it, possibly from a different perspective. So if you guys don't mind, open your Bible to 1 Samuel 16. I'm going to read verse 1 through 13. If you have a physical Bible, like I do this year, I've decided I'm going to, uh, I know it's a big one, right? It's a big old Bible. Um, I said that last week at Rose, and they just laughed. It's my accent. Um, so I got a big old Bible. Uh, so I, I, this is my Bible for this year. I've, I've decided to read a physical Bible. So if you have a physical Bible, you can open it up to First Samuel 16. If you have an app, you can open it up on your phone, or you can read it from the screen. So if you guys don't mind, let's stand up together. We're going to honor God's word. Read it out loud together. Verse one, the Bible says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And just so you guys know, Samuel was not being dramatic, all right? This is factual. Had Saul heard that Samuel was on his way somewhere with a full horn of oil, he would have been very suspicious because Samuel, God's prophet, is a kingmaker. So if Samuel was moving around a little bit, Saul would get skeptical and say, I better take him out in order to protect my position of power and privilege. So God gives Samuel a strategy. And he says here in um, verse two, and the Lord said, "We'll take a heifer with you and say I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded And came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? Now, once more, the elders had every right to tremble with fear because Samuel, if you read back just a few chapters previous, had just left a slaughtering of an evil king named Agag. God spoke to Saul, and he said, I want you to take out this entire territory, and I don't want you to leave behind any evil. And when Samuel comes to check on how Saul is doing, Saul has left the evil king Agag alive, so Samuel takes a sword, transforms from a prophet to a warrior, and cuts Agag down. So I think the elders have every right to be terrified, because a man who just slaughtered an evil king has come to town, and they're wondering, are you showing up peaceably? Or do you have a sword? Because the only time a prophet would go into a new city is when there was sin in the city. A prophet would come in with a heifer to make atonement for the sin that was taking place in the city. So the elders were terrified because they were thinking to themselves, is something happening that we are not aware of in our city? You understand the terror and the fear at this point. I mean, prophets are kind of scary. You ever know somebody's a prophet, you don't even want to look them in the eye. And and, and Samuel said in verse 5, he said, it's peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. So consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He told the whole town, consecrate yourselves. But notice here he's on special assignment. He goes to the house of Jesse and ensures that the entire family of Jesse and his sons are consecrated. And he invites them to the sacrifice. And when they came, he looked upon Eliab and he thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance. Key word right there, appearance. Do not look on his appearance. When it's time for God to pour out anointing, he is not looking at your appearance. Do not look at his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the... But the Lord looks on the and then Jesse called Abinadab, and he made him pass before Samuel, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one, and then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one, and Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all of your sons here? And he said, well... There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, well, hurry up, send and get him, for we're not going to sit down till he shows up. And he sent and brought him in. And now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes. Anybody ever wonder what that meant? Well, some uh, scholars believe that he had red hair and he was a person of color. So he was, uh, he was a ginger of color. That's beautiful. He had beautiful eyes and was handsome. I mean, it's not about your appearance, but it doesn't hurt to be that handsome. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. And then Samuel took the horn of oil, and he anointed him. In the midst of his brothers. And watch this. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And then Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So one more scripture before we read the title. I know you guys have been standing for a while, but you good? Psalm 75, verse 5 through 7, King James says it like this. Lift not Up your horn on high, meaning you don't anoint you. You don't anoint yourself. God anoints you. And when God gets ready to anoint you, he'll anoint you in secret, but it will be made public. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck, means don't be arrogant, don't have an ego. For promotion cometh. Everybody say, promotion cometh. Let's say it one more time. Promotion cometh, neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, and he setteth up another. So the title of the message today, church, is promotion cometh. Lord, we say thank you for the promotion that you're pouring out today on each and every one of us. God, we ask you for an upgrade. We have expectation for your spirit to fall as it has already we're already grateful for what what you've done but god we ask you for more we ask you to move in this temple today we ask you to take over in this place today we ask you to do what you want to do in our lives in jesus name and everybody said amen and amen you can be seated on your way to your seat just ask the person next to you are you ready for a promotion are you ready for a promotion are you ready for a promotion but are you really (laughs) it's already getting deep but are you really let's go Are you ready for a promotion? In the year of growing down, God is raising some people up. God wants to promote you. And this is really the first juncture that I want you guys to dive in and receive God's word for your heart. God wants to promote me. I know this is a little difficult to receive at times because you may be thinking about yourself, I'm not very promotable. But God is good, and he wants to promote you. I really believe, this church, that God wants to promote everyone, but the question is, do you really want to be promoted? I know sometimes we complain for a lack of promotion. I'm not getting promoted. I'm not getting promoted. I'm not getting favor. I'm not getting exalted. I'm not advancing. I'm not moving forward. I'm not being promoted. But I really believe that most of the time, a lack of promotion is not God withholding from us, but us withholding from God. That's why in January we're talking about holding nothing back from God, because the people that God promotes are people that hold nothing back from God. There are people who are like, God, you've got it all. Take it, it belongs to you. I am a vessel, I am a servant, I am an instrument of righteousness. Whatever it is that you want me to do, I say yes I am yielded. I am surrendered. People who hold nothing back from God are the exact type of people that get promoted by God. So I tell you, God wants to promote you, but I also ask you a very sincere question. Do you want to be promoted? And I know you say yes, but there's still this thing like, oh, what's it going to cost me? And I'm not just saying, what are you going to have to say yes to? Because there's a great purpose on your life. And we get excited about what we get to say yes to. But I'm also asking you, church, what do you have to say no to? Because yes is a big deal, and that's where it starts. But as you journey with God, it's not so much that you have to keep saying yes, because you do. But you have to start saying no, 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 no. God's called me to something greater. I have a greater purpose than that. I'm supposed to advance. I'm supposed to move forward. I'm an instrument of righteousness. I will give God praise no matter what it costs me. I'm holding nothing back, so now I'm good. So let me ask you again. Do you want to be promoted? Psalm 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, and the Lord bestows favor and honor. Somebody shout promotion. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing does God withhold from those who walk uprightly, meaning God doesn't hold back from us. That's the gospel, isn't it, Seth? Here's a point we can reiterate. God did not withhold from us when he sent his most treasured possession his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sin so that we could receive the free gift of salvation and live forever with him. God doesn't withhold from us, God withholds for us. Thomas got it. God does not withhold from us, but he does withhold for us, meaning there are some times in which he's gonna watch us. How are we going to respond how are we going to act how are we going to behave what are we going to say yes to what are we going to say no to he's watching us right he's developing our character our patience it's not that he's withholding from us but he might be withholding for us because he wants to see how's my invitation going to hit their heart How are they going to respond to me in the heart when I tell them I have more for them? I want to promote them. Are they going to hold back from me and have a hard heart? Are they going to hold nothing back from me and say, here I am, Lord, send me, like the prophet Isaiah. So we've been talking about holding nothing back, and I want you to know, church, God wants to promote you. He doesn't want to hold things back from you, but we can hold ourselves back from promotion. We can. We have the ability to hold ourselves back from promotion. And when I'm talking about promotion, let's just look at the KJV dictionary for a moment as to what biblically promotion means. It means to move forward. It means to advance. It means to exalt. It means to elevate. It means to raise. It means to prefer in rank or honor. And this is what God wants to give you. If you receive it, just say amen. 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 So let's look at the story and just really examine the story a little bit to talk about your promotion and your anointing today. So in the story, what we see happening in Israel's history is a changing of the guard in the nation's leadership. Now, today you're gonna see an anointing from an eldership team, and truly it is a changing of the guard in our expression of church government because we've never had a local eldership team before, but we will today, moving forward i'm very excited about that how about you guys i taught a message on eldership uh, a few months ago so you can go back and watch it on youtube if you'd like i'm very excited for that but I, i i don't just think that there is a changing of the guard in this church's leadership but i believe prophetically there is a changing of the guard happening in the spirit for the church's capital c's leadership Now i don't know if you guys have noticed this or not but there are new leaders that are beginning to emerge which are called and anointed by God. There are mature leaders that are beginning to pass the baton as they are led by the Spirit of God. And then there are wicked leaders that are being judged and rejected by God for their sin and unrepentant hearts. Have you guys noticed that? Do you read the same news I do? Because this stuff is right out there in the open. If you're a new leader, you're a young leader, you know God's put an anointing on your life and you're called to leadership, can I tell you, stay pure. Keep a right spirit. If you're a mature leader, don't hold on to anything God's called you to let go of. I didn't say let go, I just said don't hold on to what God's called you to let go of. And then lastly, if you are in sin and you are in leadership, repent. You guys okay with that? Yes. I, just, I just wanted to check. I would have said it anyway, but. <laughs> if you're in leadership and you're in sin, wash your hands and clean your heart. Repent, all right? God wants to continue to move through you and promote you and bless you and see the kingdom break forth in your life, but we can't do it with hard hearts and disobedient spirits. So you look at our scene, right? You see Samuel, and uh, Samuel in verse 1 is grieving. The, the man is, is weeping. He's sad. His heart is hurting. Why would we see Samuel as a leader weeping like this? It's because he has anointed and empowered a leader that is now being demoted and rejected by God. And I don't know if you've ever empowered or anointed another leader before, but when they have that experience, it hurts your heart. Like I'm, I'm just letting you in a bit to my life as a pastor, but it is really, really hard When someone that you love, someone that you've taught, someone that you've poured into, someone that you've discipled, someone that you know that God said lay hands on them and bless them and empower them and anoint them with oil, develops a hard heart and becomes disobedient to God. But that's the experience of a leader. If you want to lead, you want to be a prophet, you want to be a person that leads in the body of Christ, I can guarantee you this, you're going to anoint some souls. But anointing a Saul does not make you a bad leader. Samuel anointed a Saul, and yet he was God's prophet. Jesus anointed a Judas, and yet he was the son of God. I know everybody's like, man, if I just had a good team, you know, I'd be all right. Like, you know, if God did not give Jesus a perfect team, what makes you think he's going to give you one? If you're going to be a leader, you will anoint some Saul's. Anointing a Saul doesn't make you a bad leader. Leader. Leaving a Saul empowered after they've hardened their heart and become disobedient to God is what makes you a bad leader. Because God wants to promote everybody. I hear y'all in the back. Amen, let's go. God wants to promote everybody, but in order to get promoted, we must possess something that God is after. You know what that is? It is a pure Heart. That's what he's looking for. That's what he wants. I have this later on in my notes, but I'm gonna go ahead and read it now. Uh, that second Chronicle scripture from chapter 16, verse 9, it says, for the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over all the earth to show himself strong on behalf, somebody say promote, <laughs> of those whose are fully devoted to him. That means God is searching the earth, not looking for a skill set, but looking for a heart posture. The eyes of the Lord are searching Nashville, not looking for a resume, but looking for a heart that's willing to stay humble. Y'all get anything out of this? And it started to get quiet, and don't worry. The rebuke is coming soon, but not yet. No, I'm just, I'm just. So what we see happening in the life of Saul is something that we need to be mindful of because if we'll harden our hearts and we'll become disobedient to God, the same thing can happen to us. When we harden our hearts and we become disobedient to God, we get demoted, dethroned, and ultimately Saul got rejected. I don't want to be there. You guys... So as a leader, I understand why Samuel was mourning. It's grieving to experience this. It's grieving to know somebody that you love, somebody that that you want to see promoted is actually being dethroned. So before I tell you guys how to get promoted, let me just tell you guys how not to be dethroned, how not to get demoted, and how not to get rejected. Number one is this. Don't hold back your heart from God. Don't do, like, religious shadow boxing. Like, you show up in church, but on the inside, you're completely checked out. Like, in the, in the public sphere, like, you post on Twitter about your great relationship with Jesus. But in the prayer closet, you ignore him, and when he asks you to do stuff, you say no. So, number one, don't hold back your heart from God. And number two, don't ignore and disobey God's word. That'll get you demoted, dethroned, and rejected. Man, I can feel when I just go against the grain of the culture. It's like, that ain't true. It's in the Bible. Man, I'm praying for a resurrection of the fear of the Lord. You know why? Because David teaches us that... Friendship with God is the result of fear of the Lord. We got so many people who are trying to make Jesus their buddy, but won't respect him as Lord. Anyway, um, that's a different sermon. But let me say it to you like this disobedience destroys promotion. Disobedience destroys promotion. Look at 1 Samuel fifteen twenty-three. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, divination, and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols, idolatry. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Your job as a leader is not to protect your promotions. Your job as a leader is to continue to surrender to God. Anytime you're obedient, you always get promoted. Acts 13, says this. After removing Saul, he raised up David as their king and testified about him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own. And he will carry out my will in its entirety. Yeah. Notice he's not looking for passages to ignore. Wow. That's good. Well, that don't mean what it says. No, he said, I want the full counsel of God. I meditate on the commandments. I'm going to just meditate on the law of the Lord. I want everything that God has to say to me to be true in my life, and I want to be obedient to it. These are the type of people that God wants to promote. And so Samuel, uh, he takes his horn of oil, and he fills it up, and, and it's probably a fragrant oil. I got some fragrant oil today to anoint the elders with. We got... You know, we couldn't reproduce this. This is the oil I got ordained with, and this stuff is so fragrant, y'all. If you wanna smell after you come up, it's a little smell. It's got a lot of cinnamon in it, so I've gotta be like very gentle with how much I apply, because before, like when my bishop in Texas would put this oil on your forehead, people would think they were getting touched by the Holy Spirit, but really, it was just so much cinnamon in the oil. They're like, oh, the Holy Ghost is on the fire of God, fire of God. Like, bro, it's the cinnamon. I hate to say, they're like got whelps. They have like a cross whelp. Like, you see that supernatural sign? I hate to tell you, bro, it's the essential oils. That's that young living, my guy. (laughs) So, so uh, Sammy, he takes the oil, and some commentators would say that this is the capstone of Samuel's prophetic career because he is going to anoint David, the man after God's own heart. He's going to anoint David, the next king of Israel, but there's only one problem. Samuel doesn't know which son to anoint. So, yeah, he has a word from God but he doesn't exactly know who to, who to apply it to yet, and he's also understanding there's some danger in knowing that if Saul finds out he's dead, but he risks it all, says yes to God, and he moves towards the countryside. So what I've done here is I've just put a list together of David's disqualifying distinctives. Because when you guys hear me say God wants to promote you, I can hear, like in my spirit, like you coming up with a list as to why you're not worthy of promotion. But I want you to know again, God wants to promote you and very possibly some of the things that are on your list were on David's list. The first thing was this, David was from a small town out in the country. So you'd think the king would need to hail from somewhere important. Can I tell you guys, I'm from Sacramento, Kentucky. You don't know where that's at. There's only 600 people who live in Sacramento, Kentucky. There are no stoplights, there is no Taco Bell. And usually that's the, First restaurant that goes into small towns, by the way, that or a subway, and there is neither. 90% farmland, that's where I'm from, right? And so God doesn't check with where you're from before He decides that you're the person He wants to promote. David was from the countryside. Now, Samuel, he has a perfect track record. You guys know this. He is a spot-on, eagle eye prophet. But even though he is that anointed, when he gets to Jesse's house, even he doesn't know who to anoint. And that's the second thing, is that he didn't discern, even Samuel didn't discern, that David was God's choice initially. So I want to say to you, perhaps you've never been called out by a prophet, and like, you're the man of God god's man of power for the hour bless god and you know you're gonna go and do this and all you know we all want that experience but even if you don't get it it don't matter it's great when it happens but even if you don't get it god can still promote you you don't need a prophetic word to receive a promotion from god when god gets ready to prophesy to you i promise you this he will make sure you get a word in your spirit So then Samuel starts with the firstborn because culturally, this would have been the obvious choice. This is the third thing. David was the youngest. So he culturally, according to society, was not the right choice. He did not have the pedigree. He was not in the right position in the lineage. Um, Some scholars believe he was actually um, the result of an illegitimate affair on Jesse's part. So perhaps that's the reason why Jesse said, well, I'm not gonna include him. He's the youngest. He don't matter. He can stay out with the sheep. I'm going to get all my other boys in here and show them to Samuel. And so David being the youngest, culturally, it was not the right choice. And then if you noticed, he actually looked upon Eliab, and he's like, surely the Lord has anointed this one. Why did he say that? Because Eliab was the firstborn, number one. But number two, he was the tallest. And you may remember that whenever Samuel anointed Saul, he noticed how tall that Saul was. And the Bible says that he was head and shoulders taller than anybody else in the entire nation. So perhaps Samuel was reflecting back on who God had anointed previously and thought that determined who God would anoint presently. Did you guys get the point? God may have anointed a certain type of person in the past, but that does not determine who God will anoint in the present or in the future. They may not look like the person you think God anoints. They may not come from the place that you think prophets come from. They may not be the person in the family that you think would be qualified to become this great king. And yet God says, nope, that's the one that I am on. So David was also the smallest. So by appearance, he wasn't the right choice. Next, David was the opposite of who had been promoted in the past. So he didn't fit the mold or the pattern. And then lastly, and I think this is going to hit somebody's heart today, is that David's own dad discounted him in the number of his sons. And that is so terribly sad, but that's the last point. Even David's father forgot about him, church. When he was asked the number of his sons, he left David in the field. So you'd think that the king would require a better upbringing. That should suggest to you it does not matter who you were raised by. It doesn't matter how mean your mama was. It doesn't matter how checked out your daddy was. If God wants to anoint you, he will anoint you. He will anoint you. Here's the list. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter if, you're the, right, if the right person prophesies over you. Doesn't matter about your place in the family. Doesn't matter about your place in society or in culture. Doesn't matter what you look like. All right? Doesn't matter what you dress like. Let's add that in. You don't have to rock designer in order to rock the anointing. Let me tell you, the anointing is more attractive than designer. You ever met somebody in the lobby and you're like, they all right. And then they led worship and you're like, sheesh. Like when you're single, you know what I'm saying? Like you got a crutch, you're like, man, that worship leader, he is hot. But you didn't think that until he led worship. Grace had that experience with Todd. Is that what happened? I mean, you thought he was hot the whole time, let's be honest. It was the other way around. You were like, "Ah, I don't know, but then she got up, and you're like, okay. There is a reason for that, and that's because the anointing church is attractive. What you think you like about somebody may not actually be the case. It might just be the oil, but also be careful with that. Because you got to marry somebody that's not just anointed, but has good character when they're not on stage. You don't marry somebody's stage personality. You marry the person. The anointing will change your appearance. But when the anointing changes your appearance, you can't get consumed with appearances. You have to stay obsessed with the anointer. But what happens is once you get anointed and everybody starts talking about how good you look, you'll get obsessed with your own press and that's what leads to a hard heart and that's what leads to a disobedient spirit. So be careful. Doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter who's been promoted in the past, you can be completely different. Doesn't matter if your parents were the best, God wants to promote you. First Corinthians chapter one verse 28 says, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. I don't know why, God loves to promote people with so many disqualifying distinctives, but when his eyes roam to and fro the earth, he does not care about any of the things that man cares about. He does not care about any of the things that culture cares about. He's not checking with how wealthy you are. He's not checking with your Instagram follower count. He is simply looking at your heart, and he is saying, you are the one that I'm going to put my oil on and exalt and raise up and advance and move forward. Why? Because you have clean hands and a pure heart. And I'm going to take you into realms of glory, and it's going to be weighty, but I know you'll keep your hands off of it, which is why I'll lift you up to it. <laughs> you call called to carry it, not touch it. It belongs to God. (laughs) 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance. Don't look at the height. Because I've rejected that guy. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Get this, church. Nothing that you can see makes a person ready for promotion. I'm talking about the kingdom, not corporations. Nothing you can see makes a person ready for promotion. God shows Samuel what matters. He said it's the heart because God empowers differently than man does. If I had a point, I think this would be it. The most promotable thing about you is the state of your heart. The most promotable thing about you, church, is the state of your heart, and that is something that you get to choose. You get to decide how you respond to God's conviction. If you ignore it, a hard heart is on its way. If you yield to it, a soft, malleable, pliable, tender heart that gets promoted takes place rather than a hard and permeable, embittered heart which gets demoted and always looked over. That's how God promotes. So think about the scene for a minute. You have this whole family and all these brothers, and they're all very qualified as to their outward appearances And Samuel has made sure that the house of Jesse has been consecrated. You know what that means? They took a bath, all right? They took a bath. They got a new robe. They're wearing their white linen. They got their Gucci slides on. They're smelling good, like Lalabo. Like, they're just like, they're ready for the sacrifice. And whenever Samuel says, don't you have another son? Bring him in haste. David shows up to the anointing party, which is his anointing party, by the way, smelling like sheep see that right there there's a principle in that they were all cleaned up looking great and then there's david not knowing what's going on showing up to his own anointing smelling like the sheep smelling like hard work smelling like he's had his head down saying yes to god despite how minimal his job seemed to be by other people he shows up to his own anointing notice he didn't know what day it was happening on Don't we all try to arrange these ceremonious things for ourselves so that we can catch man's attention? No, God will surprise you with the anointing. He's not going to look for you when you're all showered and bathed and looking pretty and like, I'm going to make sure I look good for the Instagram. Like, no, no, he's going to find you in the field and say, today's the day for the oil. Come to me smelling like sheep, smelling like hard work. I've seen your yes, I've noticed your heart. Come get anointed. Come get anointed. (laughs) David shows up not wearing a suit. He's wearing work clothes. Doesn't matter. David shows up looking like a snack. Doesn't matter. It's a plus. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Lord's not looking at your wardrobe. He's looking at your heart. Remember, church, your heart is the most Promotable thing about you. So here's the last thing that happens. And the Lord says, Arise, anoint David. This is him. So Sam takes the horn of oil and he anoints him right in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. When the Spirit came upon Saul, It stayed upon him for a little while and we see later that the Spirit of the Lord departs from Saul but the Bible teaches us here that the Spirit of the Lord stayed upon David why did it stay on him and not on Saul you want to know the key to hosting the Holy Ghost You want to know the key to leading people in worship and the presence? You want to know the key to getting more anointed and having more favor and moving forward and blessing? Right here. It's not your resume. It's not your portfolio. It's not what you post. It's not how good you look. You can manufacture that for a little while, but the spirit left Saul, stayed on David because of his, because of his heart. So we're going to anoint you today, and we're going to declare that spirit of the Lord is falling upon you, pure-hearted, ready to carry what God's called you to carry for 2022. God wants to promote you. So let me ask you guys, do you want to be promoted? Here's what's required. Clean hands. Pure heart. So let's stand. We're going to pray. And I want to invite you to get your heart right. This is where we're going to start. I just want to invite you to get your heart right. I, I, I heard you say you wanted to be promoted. But are you harboring unforgiveness? Bitterness, cruelty, unchecked anger? Do you lash out at people? Are you disobedient to God? Have you continued to say no to the invitation of the Lord? If so, let's clean up our hearts. Let's clean up our hearts, church. If you need to repent today, today is the day of salvation, that you get to come home to be with God. Know that you're loved and that you're safe. It is completely safe to say yes to Jesus. There is nobody that can care for you like him. When he asks you to do something, even when it's hard, know that you are completely safe in saying yes to Jesus, meaning your spirit is secure, your salvation is safe. He will care for you the way only he can. So I just want to ask if there's anyone in the room today that just needs this gift of salvation that comes through the person of Jesus Christ. Just for a moment, if you guys don't mind, just bow your heads, close your eyes. If there's anyone in here that's far from God and you need to be set free and come home today, will you just lift your hand? I want to pray with you. We'll all pray with you collectively together as a family. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Awesome. Anybody else? Amazing. Awesome. Great. Incredible. Anybody else? Is that, yep, awesome, I see you. Amazing, amazing, I see you, awesome. Awesome, I see you guys. So let's collectively pray with those that have lifted their hand. Can we just say, Jesus, Jesus thank, you cross, thank you for the cross for shedding your blood for my sins. Sin. I, repent, I repent and I receive, I receive your gift of salvation. Fill me me with the Holy Spirit Spirit. and send me me into my assignment. assignment. Forever, Forever. I belong to you. you. Amen and amen. Um, By my count, I believe that today there were 12 friends that are repenting of their sin and coming home. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen. We know there's a party in heaven for everyone, so just imagine the streets of gold right now. It's gotta be a parade. So I wanna call up um, our eldership team, Mr. Brian Neera, Michelle Farber, Franklin Cole, if you guys don't mind, come on up. I just wanna ask my wife to come up. And as all of you guys are standing and we anoint this team here, I'm going to ask you to extend your hands out toward them in just a moment, share some of this anointing oil with my wife, and, you know, biblically, um, you know, Allison and I, we're, we're leading as lead elders, right? But this is our eldership team, so we're leading this church collectively together. I'm excited about it. You know, I said to my wife uh, last service, I said, you know, this message makes this make sense. Because, I mean, bro, you sing so well, but it's not about your ability to sing. Michelle, you serve the children, you lead so well, but it's not about your ability to care for our kids. Franklin, you disciple, you pour out, you're a leader and you lead so well, but it's not even about how successful your small groups have been. It's all about the same thing it's all about the heart and that's how that's how i knew i was like i told allison this makes sense so stretch your hands out toward these guys and bless them please we're going to pray over them now franklin we anoint you in jesus name as an elder of this house and we thank you father for the spirit of the lord rushing upon franklin now for this assignment lead lead man of God with wisdom and integrity in Jesus name Lord we anoint Michelle Faber and we declare that the spirit of the Lord rushes upon her now from this day forward for this assignment And we just say over you woman of God lead with faithfulness clarity wisdom and integrity in Jesus mighty name and we bless you man of God We speak over Brian Nera, and we say, Spirit of the Lord, rush mightily upon this man of God from this day forward for this assignment to lead with faithfulness, integrity, and wisdom. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Church, just repeat after me. Say, Brian, Brian, Michelle, Michelle, Franklin, we receive you as elders. Serve, lead with wisdom and integrity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's important that we did it this way, guys. Allison and I didn't pick these three. God picked them, but also at the same time, you picked them. Whenever we selected them and said, this is who we feel like God has anointed for this purpose, we sent out a survey for everyone to give us their feedback, and hundreds of you did. And so collectively, this is not Allison and I anointing them. This is Allison and I and you anointing them together as a family. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So, Legacy Church, here's your eldership team, the five of us. Yeah. And we're going to serve together. Love you guys. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. Elders, please, you guys take your places down here with your spouses, and then all of our staff team that is here today, they're gonna help anointing, uh, the anointing part, so staff team, if you guys don't mind to come up. We're also gonna have some ushers in place. They're gonna start in the back. We have, who we have over here? Okay, one here. Okay, awesome. Melissa and Call are gonna be our ushers, so they have their hands up. What we're gonna do is we're gonna dismiss you guys from the back row forward, okay? And so when you come up, please don't park for too long, because this isn't like a a full prayer thing, like they're not going to prophesy over you for 30 minutes. It's going to be a quick blessing and a sending into your 2022. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. amen. Usher. Thanks for tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you log into the store and give us a good review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Join us again next week for another powerful word.